Good morning. Good morning. morning. You're Californians. You live in California. Fantastic. Good morning. morning. Great. Well, I tell you, I can't believe it. This is God's country. Uh, It just, uh, I even used to think Sacramento wasn't very good, probably. I'd never been there. But I think it's lovely and it's absolutely beautiful. You know, praise God for his glory and his beauty. I just got back from Thailand. My name, by the way, is Jim Gustafson. And uh, I belong to you. I belong to you. You may not know it, but I've been connected to this church for the last 45 years, I think, probably, as I've uh, ministered in in Thailand. And I am so... uh, I'm so convinced of God's control and God's sovereignty and God's power in God's blessing, in God's unconditional love, that it just drives me nuts sometimes. You know, it is so fantastic. There isn't anyone in the world that understands that outside of those who believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, I just want to bring you greetings, first of all, from the Sustainable Development Research Foundation that I work with in Thailand. It's in Udon, Thailand. It's all over the country now as God continues to drive us into different places. Uh, We're there living and working in the kingdom of God. You are here living and working in the kingdom of God. Wow, you know, I mean, we heard about Hamilton. I visited Hamilton when I was here, whenever it was, a couple years ago, I guess. And God's alive and well, and we're asking how in the world do we move into this context we're in, you, us in Thailand, and how do we allow God's grace and power to become impactful to those who don't have a chance and are marginalized in those contexts? Uh, God bless you guys as you move forward and do what you're doing in this community. I want to share with you from, from, from Proverbs today, a uh, short passage, but for me it keeps on keeps on going over and over again in my mind, and I wake up at night sometimes thinking about the meaning of it, because it's powerful. The writer of Proverbs says, look straight with your eyes straight ahead, and fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet, and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Uh, This is talking about God, the king. This is talking about God who is out there, and it says, look straight at him. Don't make level paths to God and on God's path, and don't turn to the left or the right. Uh, I'm, as we work in Thailand, God is constantly pushing us in to do things that we haven't done before. And I'm working with a group of like 45 Thai nationals And uh, as God begins to work in our lives, we go around the country and plant churches and develop community uh, development groups in in different communities around that are are radically marginalized. And the first thing that this passage says to me is this. It says, uh, have the correct perspective, Jim. See God in the world. Do you see God in the world? See God in the world. He's there. He's not oblivious to it. God's mission is really God's mission. It belongs to him. He owns it. 
God is the owner of his kingdom. He is a sovereign. He is God Almighty. He is able to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. My problem is sometimes I don't understand God. And I begin to, I have to say, now wait a minute, you're over there in the corner? You can't be there. You know, my control mechanism kicks in, and I'm going to tell God what he's got to do and what he can't do. You can't do that. God is God. He owns this world. He created this world. He is the king of this world. He is our God. But he's also their God, too. Others that are different than we are. God is God. And as we listen to this passage, for me, it says to me, basically, wow, I've got to be able to see God, to understand what he's doing, and then I've got to be able to move. I've got to be able to move with him, move into what he wants me to move in, or the SDRF, the Sustainable Development Research Foundation, has to move to do the things he wants them to do. That's not easy, because we have fear blocking us many times, or we've got our own ideas blocking us many times, or we've got some other thing blocking us, and we're not able to do it. But God will do what he's going to do regardless, and he will build his kingdom and expand it throughout this world until finally it will triumph over everything in the world, which is fantastic. God is alive and well. God is alive and well. A number of years ago, a tsunami hit uh, Thailand. And uh, when it hit, I work with this foundation that's up in the northeastern part of the country. We do fish. We raise tilapia. We create two million baby tilapia in one month, baby fry, and then we provide that for sale in the area and up into Laos and down in the southern part of, La of, of Thailand as well. Uh, but as it hit, it hit fishing communities and down in the southern part of Thailand. And I was sitting there listening to the news in an afternoon, on a Sunday afternoon, and the president of the, of the foundation, a woman by the name of Nujan Singpila, called me and said, Jim, did you just see the news? Yeah, I just saw it. It really hit them hard, right? Yes, it did, but I just called up the fishery department and I've talked to somebody there that was there and they said they've got appointments for us and they'll make up appointments for us to go down and see what we can do to help. We're going down in an hour. See you at the airport. I said, okay. That's a new John Singpila style thing. Bing, and we're there, you know. So we were at the airport, flew down to the south, got with the fishery department. They took us out to six places. Two out of the, three out of the six places were Muslim. I am ignorant of Muslim culture. I was afraid of that context. I knew they didn't like Americans. They didn't like Christians. They didn't like uh, Northeastern Thai people, and I'm all three. And I said, you know, this is not really smart. But we went down. And we sat in a meeting with 90 old men with beanies and white shawls on, and they'd lost all of their families. They'd lost all of their possessions. The waves had come in and just absolutely inundated the island they were on. And they looked there, and they just looked at us and thought, this is not a good idea, God. He said, look, I brought you here. Watch me. You know, watch me. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to crack jokes to lighten the mood. <laughs> but New John's going for the jugular, you know what I mean? She's going right in, and she says, how can we help you? We're Christians from Northeastern Thailand. Oh, no! They already know I'm an American. You know, look at me. 
And they frowned. She says, God sent us here to bless you. You know what the response is, was? They use the same word for God, for Muslims, in Thailand as, as Christians use, Prajau. Prajau song lama, pure jadai oi porn kun le na. Okay, God sent us here to bless you. You're talking to people that just lost their whole family. And the people responded, the, little, the, the, the men there that were there, the leaders of that community, 14,000 Muslims on an island off of Phuket, said, uh, ah, we know God. He didn't bless us. He just punished us. We don't know what to do with God. We're defeated. Oh no, she said. God sent us here very clearly and told us we're to come here and to bless you. God loves you more than he loves anything in his, his creation. You are his people. Where are you hurting? Where is the pain? And they almost laughed at her. And I was ready to walk out the door and then she started talking slowly and persuasively. For an hour and a half they talked, and I watched those old men go from scowling to weeping to wiping their eyes. I thought, oh no. How can you do it, God? Well, I sure didn't use you. <laughs> you got it. You didn't. Well, you got me on my face. I didn't do it literally. I should have probably. But I got on my face, and I said, Lord, be great. Lord, be honored. Lord, be lifted up. You know, at the end of the meeting, they came up and they embraced New John, a woman, the only woman in the room, New John, not to be touched in Thai culture because you don't touch women if you're a man, but they embraced her. <laughs> and they touched her heart and embraced her again. And I said, praise God. And they said, when are we going to start working on this? And she said, tomorrow, <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning. We'll meet you at the boat dock. We'll go into Phuket and we'll get all the stuff you need. Wow. We got there and to Phuket and we're sitting there buying nets and buying all kinds of stuff up, you know, in order to build up their, their nets that they were raising fish in the, in the Luyan. They were all wiped out and all the fish were dead and the boats were cracked up and up on land and all over the place. So we're going to do all this stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of stuff. We're sitting there buying all this stuff up and we're sitting on bales of net, Nujan and I, and watching six of them get all of the equipment. Pretty soon they start talking and then they walk over to us and they stand in front of us and they say, uh, hey you guys, we don't know why God brought you here, but we want to tell you we don't ever want you to stop coming. Everyone else comes here and tells us they're going to think about helping us and doing this and that and the next thing. Then they go back home to have a meeting somewhere where they got to decide and it takes them three months to have the meeting. By that time they're out of touch and we never see them again. Don't go away. Can we pray for you and ask God to keep you here on our island of Kwayao? Would you allow us to pray for you? Oh, absolutely. 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 And we sat there and we wept. Why do we weep? God was there. God was there. And he moved through Muslim leaders to touch our lives. Afterwards, they told us this. They said, uh, 
you guys can take your bodies and go back up to your headquarters in Udon, northeastern Thailand, but you can't take your hearts. They belong to us. And then later someone in the area told them, you guys are working with Christians. They say, we know it, but they're our Christians. <laughs> and I'm going, you know, what are you going to say? That's the movement of God. No one could have orchestrated that in any way, shape, or form, in any way that could possibly be done. Keep your eyes focused on God. Straight ahead. You know? And say, God, help us. God, help us. The second thing that this passage says talks about correct perspective, which was the first thing. The second thing is appropriate, appropriate action. Appropriate action is make level paths for your feet. God is a leveler. God is a God of leveling discontinuity. He gets down to the essence of things. He makes things work. He does not mess around. He levels. You know, you know, the first time God ever really, in my mind and understanding, leveled things for you and me, and the reason we're here together worshiping this morning, is because he said to Jesus, go down to the world and take their burden and satisfy my wrath. I need to satisfy that. And Jesus died and he freed the prisoners and then in hell, and then he rose again from the dead, triumphant, and you and I receive from God a level path. We can, we can actually, excuse me, we don't have to go like this and try to get up. We've actually got a good way to get up, right? And we're here, we're walking on the path of God. You're walking on the path of God. The kingdom of God's all around us because we love and are committed to Jesus Christ and God Almighty. Jesus was the extreme leveler. He made the path open for everyone. All anyone has to do is say, yes, Christ. Yes, Jesus. I need you. That's all they got to do. Now I tell you, I know that really well. I spent 20 years of my life, the first 20 years of my life, and I tell you, I really feel bad about those 20 years, although I had a good time. Um, I was a missionary kid. I was a missionary kid. Privileged to live in all kinds of places around the world. And, and just, oh my goodness, man, I think about that, and I think, God, why did you bless me? Because I love you. I mean, there's no other reason than I love you, Jim. But you didn't get it, did you, man? No, I didn't. I was at Fuller Theological Seminary in my second year. I was taking a Greek exam during the summertime and I was babysitting the house of a professor at Fuller and I was flat on the ground looking at Ephesians 2.9 or 2.10 and hearing what it's saying, trying to parse it in Greek, you know, and reading it in Greek and trying to figure out. I said, that can't be saying what it's saying. And God says, try it again, man. And it was saying what it was saying. Here's what it said. As I looked at that passage, Here's what God was saying. But because of my great love for you, 
I who was rich in mercy make, and has made, us, made you alive in Jesus Christ, even when you were dead in your transgressions and sin, even when I was dead, he made me alive in Christ. It's by grace that you've been saved, Jim. And I raised you up to be with Christ and seated with me in heaven, in the realms in Jesus, in heavenly realms in Jesus Christ, in order that the coming ages I may show you incomparable riches of my grace expressed in my kindness in Jesus Christ. My goodness, man. This God is saying to me, I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to bless you and bless you. And you know what? I'm doing that so I can prepare you so you don't get shocked by the fact that I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm going to do it even more in the future. And I'm going to bless you because I will absolutely bless you into the kingdom. You know, my goodness, I sat there. I had been convinced I was a good Christian. I did everything a little missionary kid should do. I knew how to do the things that need to be done in churches and say the things that need to be done to help my parents and what they were doing. But it was all a fiasco, right? I was earning God's favor. He didn't have any favor to give me that I could earn. He just had favor to just give me if I knew I couldn't earn it. And I didn't know it for 20 years. And when I sat on that floor, I prostrated myself before God and I said, God, I have read this over and over in the Greek. It says the same thing every time. And the implications are, I don't have anything you need, right? Right. It took you a while. <laughs> then how do I get out of this mess? Me. I'll do it for you. I've already done it. Man, I just wept. I mean, excuse me. Yeah. I just wept until I couldn't weep anymore. I said, God, if that's the truth and that's what you've done for me, I buy it all. You don't have to buy it, Jim. I've given it to you. Please, help me, God. And I got up on my feet. As I got up on my feet and I began to realize what he'd done, I said, Lord, you are so fantastic that I can't tell you how fantastic and awesome you are. You're beyond my comprehension. You're beyond what I could ever manage to, to develop. Forgive me. Take me. I want to spend the rest of my life, man, just living in your path walking behind you and seeing where you are. Give me eyes to see, give me ears to hear, give me a will, Lord, to do the things that I've got to do, and no matter who feels it's good or not feels it's good. God, help me. And he says, you're in, man. I'm here, and I always will be, but I'll always be there. Walk the path, Jim. Yeah, I'll do it. No, I won't. I'll follow you. You help me, please, you know, so I can do it. We, um, <clears throat> as we were helping the people on the island in the southern part of Thailand, we got a call. Nujon got a call from a little lady who was in the north, just up above Phuket, and her name was Tun. And she called him and said, Nujon Singh Vila, I know you're the president of the SDRF. I want to tell you, you're helping the wrong people. Oh, okay. So what does that mean? You aren't helping me, so you're not helping the right people. I have AIDS. 
My husband's dead. My kids are dead. I'm alive, barely. I'm 35 years old, and I don't want to die, and I need your help. You know what? We were on an island an hour from Phuket and three hours' drive from where she was. Before you knew it, within five minutes, we were on a boat, and we're streaking towards Phuket, getting in a van and going up to the coast, and at night, 9 o'clock at night, we pick up Tuna on the side of the road, and she jumps into the car in the middle of a rainstorm, and she says, who are you people? And New John says her famous words, we're Christians. And Dun says, no, I won't have anything to do with Christians. She opens the door, and she's going to pull the door open the van and jump out. And New John grabs her hand, pulls her back in, and says, look, Dun, you didn't, we didn't call you, you called us. You know, you know why you called us? God motivated you to call, and we serve God, and he's bigger than all of us. Tell us where you have your pain. What is it you need? And she started to talk. And she started to talk. Pretty soon she took us to her best friend, Sinuan. We sit in Sinuan's place there looking at all that's going on in, in, in her house. And, and they're telling her, well, we were afraid of this and afraid of that. It just, they came to know Jesus Christ in a way they never, ever believed possible. They're two little kids that Sinuan had. Nuchan says, if you die, Sinuan, I will raise them as my kids. I'll adopt them. Every issue was met. And in the morning, about 4 o'clock, we collapsed and committed it to God and began building the bathroom that Dun needed. Three months later, she was dead. Fungus on the brain. Three times, and the third time, took her home. But Sinu was left, and she started talking about Jesus Christ because she couldn't shut up, you know what I mean? She was so infected by it. She was infected with AIDS, but she was so infected by the, the reality of who Jesus was and what he'd done for her life, she could not shut up. She went around, and she got hit physically at times. No one wants to hear anybody talk about who Jesus Christ is, right? Or Christianity. They don't want to be that. So New John and I said to her, look, just do the gospel. Don't talk about it. Just practice it. Go out and help people get healed. Help people that have needs. Help people in the communities, AIDS communities. We were finding out there were huge AIDS communities down in the south. She went and she began taking people to the hospital. She became a leader within the local hospital in the HIV-AIDS uh, uh, clinic there. And people just started falling into Jesus. You know what I mean? You didn't have to pull them. They just fell into Jesus. They were so tired, they didn't know what to do. They just, they just fell into Jesus. And then as other people within the communities who were their friends saw them get better and good as they went to the hospital and as God began to heal them and help them with their, with their disease. And the family part of it, because they've been kicked out of all of their families, was so fantastic, it was, a, it was overwhelming. They said, wow, I want to know Jesus too. And all of a sudden we're going down and doing baptism, 100 here, and 40 there, 30 there, you know, and we're over seven different provinces and the thing is growing and moving. Why? God Almighty knew what he was doing. Now, my feeling on the island was, don't go see Tun when we first got the call. That's a waste of our time. <laughs> God knew better. Level the path. These people meet, and they level the path for all the people who have AIDS. Kicked out by everyone, but the path is easy. They don't have to go this way anymore. They just are on the path with God by the grace of God and by his power.
The third thing and final thing that uh, this passage says to me, and again, I, I, processing this takes me sometimes hours at night just thinking about it and saying, Lord, you're beyond, you're beyond the understanding of human beings, and especially this one. And I've got to be told again. Uh, he says, keep your eyes on me, Jim. Level the path, Jim. And then he says to me, depend on me, Jim. Uh, depend on me, because I'm the one that's going to make this thing happen, not you, not anybody else. Just depend on me. Um, God is king. This is a kingdom. You're in that kingdom. You live and you work in that kingdom. I live and work in the kingdom of Thailand, too, as well, and has another king. I want to read you something his daughter wrote about him. This is a poem. She was so impressed with her father and the way he cares for his people and the way he leads that she had to write a poem about following his footsteps. What we're talking about here today is follow God's footsteps, right? This is her saying, I have to follow my father's footsteps. This is what it says. I walk in the rapid footsteps of my father without stopping. This is the crown princess of Thailand talking about her father, the king. We enter a jungle, huge and dense, it goes on forever and is dark and wide and full of large trees. Father, dear, I'm dying of hunger and I'm tired. Look, Father, blood's running from my two wounded feet. I'm afraid of the snakes and the tigers and all those wild dogs. Father, dear, have we reached the end of the path yet? And the king responds to his daughter. My dear child, this world has no place that has ease and comfort for you. My path is not spread with beautiful flowers. Follow me always, even if it breaks your heart. I see the thorns that have pricked your tender skin, and your blood looks like rubies lying on the grass by the water. I see your tears drop on the green shrubbery around you. They're beautiful, like diamonds resting on emeralds. For the sake of humanity, do not lose your courage. In the face of your pain, be patient and strong. Have joy and happiness that you have chosen this path. Come walk forward if you want to walk in my footsteps. You know, God says to you and me, come walk forward if you want to walk on my path. You're already walking forward. You're already walking. I don't know whether I mentioned or not, but hearing about Hamilton today was walking forward and moving. All the possibilities, all the needs of, of young people and in terms of education, in terms of things that will enable them to be who they need to be for the future of this world is all wrapped up in that. Walk forward. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Level the path for everyone that's around you. Get everyone on board, man. This is about the kingdom of God. Ah, depend on God. Depend on God. It is in our weakness that the strength of God's able to work. I impeded God for 20 years of my life. Don't follow that practice. Allow God to get in your life and to move in your life and to do what he wants to do in the ways he wants to do it. Thank you. <laughs> I am... <laughs> I, wa I want to bless you, okay? And this blessing doesn't come from me, it comes from God, but it really comes from SDRF in Thailand. 
I, I, I feel the need to do that and to, to bless you today. Um, Marin Covenant Church and uh, everyone that's here in this church, I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. I bless you with his blessing, God's blessing. I bless you with a resolution of all the fears that may be there to keep you from moving forward. I bless you with the abilities to do the things you cannot do in your own self, in your own way. I bless you with the knowledge that you will be blessed by God in ways that are beyond comprehension. I bless you with God himself uh, and be with God. I want to pray for you, but I want to pray for you in Thai. Can I do that? Satu Pachao, Kokrap, Krap Wipe, Kokrap, Kokrap Wipe, Pachao, Pen Yai, Lenan, Chivit, Hong Lao, Nakap. When he let a food lie, sing like young, Lenan, he been singing tea, some can mang mag, Lenakap. Kohai Pachao, I pawn, Poglanina, he been loo, Pong Pachao, been kissed Jack, Pong Pachao, been Rajan Jack, Pong Pachao. I would like to uh, give you a benediction, <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> this is the end of the service at this point, and uh, I just want to bless you as you go out, okay? And I think that's appropriate right now. Uh, go with God's blessing, practice God's blessing, and don't keep God's blessing. Pass it on, because that's why he's blessing you. Amen. <laughs>